Welcome to the Gigless Podcast, a podcast showcasing the works and talents of those who lost their gigs due to the COVID-19 pandemic. This podcast will feature a range of creatives from the tri-state area who are young visionaries and who contribute to their craft despite the recent events that have happened. Join us today as our host Remy Leibovic speaks with Hunter Smith, a prominent and up-and-coming theater production manager. Hunter Smith studied theater production at Rutgers University Camden and has provided his services at the Woodstock Playhouse and as the development apprentice at Walnut Street Theater. You can find his impressive resume and his work on his website listed in the show notes of this episode. Enjoy. Hi, welcome back to Gig List. Today we are here with Hunter Smith. He is a fellow Rutgers Camden alumni and he is also a apprentice at the Wall Street, I mean Walnut Street Theater. <laughs> um, so I'll just let you talk about yourself now. So I am Hunter Smith. Uh, I just graduated from Rutgers in December, which is around the time I started working at the Walnut Street Theater. Uh, I'm what is called the development apprentice. So basically, I work in the development office with um, four other people uh, and uh, my like manager. And I do like grant writing, or I help with grant writing. I help with like speaking to donors. Uh, planning our gala event, or um, any like kind of fundraising that's done through the theater uh, goes through our office. And I also, like as side gigs and stuff like that, um, work at the Opera Philadelphia in their costume shop, um, doing like buying clothes, selling or, or returning clothes, helping with measurements, helping with building stuff, organization. Uh, and I also worked at Records Camden, which... Uh, in their theater department where I, you know, help with the shows, painting, building sets, and uh, I was their prop master for the past two shows. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's basically, you know, what's been going on since graduating in December. Yeah, so what got you into theater? Uh, well, I started theater in fifth grade because my friends were doing it, and they were all performers and stuff, and I was... You know, until eighth grade, I kind of switched to like behind the scenes and I did it all through high school. And I, you know, wasn't planning on doing it in college because, like, oh, everyone was like, you don't make money in the arts and ha ha ha. Uh, you know, now it turns out those people are kind of right at this moment in time. But uh, then I, I switched from psychology in college to doing theater and I've been here ever since. Yeah, and I just wanted to say, again, those same people that are complaining are also the ones that are complaining that all the late-night TV shows are also canceled. <laughs> uh-huh, yep, they're, and their football and their, you know, everything else is... All the entertainment. Yep, yep, exactly. So again, for those of you who are, who are listening in, Hunter is South Jersey, Philadelphia-based. And yeah. can you tell us about where the like how did this start like bring us up to the yeah. last few weeks and for those of you listening I also want to let you guys know because I know that a lot of you guys are listening in from the North Jersey uh New York City area um the rest of the country got put in these mandates for self-quarantine about a week after we did or a few weeks after we did so 
the threat yeah. wasn't as evident to people in those other regions as it is now. So mm -hmm. just context for anybody who is listening in. So continue. Yeah. Um, so like, and it's interesting too, because like I have friends who are in New York and doing that whole, like the Broadway scene off Broadway, blah, blah, blah. And it's really interesting for us because like I was seeing them impacted way before we were impacted in like, um, I was telling you this, uh, like I didn't, feel anything like nothing was really wrong until basically two Fridays ago it was like so literally less than two weeks ago like I was working all my job still I was you know we were planning for you know to still go on like uh Rutgers is doing a show anything goes unfortunately they're doing anything goes but uh you know I was working the props master for them and it was still like you know, they decided Rutgers didn't know what was going on before, like, all the colleges shut down and everything, and um, so, like, yeah, it, then last Monday, um, we basically, like, I went to work, it was a normal Monday, uh, and that was Monday the 16th, I believe. Uh, the 16th and, like, of March? It was all of this month, yeah. Yes. Uh, March. Um, and, yeah, we went in, it was a normal day, and then by the end, by two o'clock, uh, I found out that I was one of the only apprentices left to have their job. Um, so it was kind of like really like fast. Like they basically had made the decision on Sunday and my boss went in for a two o'clock meeting with like the upper heads and came in and was basically like, our office is the only one not being impacted and blah, 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 blah. Um, everyone else like, and then we had to say bye to all the other apprentices. Cause like, and, and you know, you have to realize like with this, it's like, some of these people are based in Philadelphia solely for their apprenticeship. So like, I, I, you know, I know a couple of them like have an apartment and we're only here for, you know, the nine months or the year or whatever their lease was. And now they, you know, the thing that was keeping them here and keeping them able to afford this, they lost within a day. Um, so that was, it was really like a sad thing. And then, you know, they had made a life here for the past, uh, nine months and then got the boot. So that, that was a really hard experience. And then, you know, this, this Monday, the whatever, uh, two days ago, I got a call from my boss who was basically like, Hey, we don't know, you know, if we're going to be able to come back. So, uh, basically I got laid off too. So, and this, this was after like Rutgers had already made their decision that like, you know, basically when Rutgers shut down, three weeks ago or whatever, um, they had decided that anything goes was going to be canceled. So that, and like all of the shows for this month of March and April were canceled. So we, you know, and now it's up until canceled, which those events, you know, people don't realize, but like I was working the lights for that. I was working, you know, I was helping build the sets. I was helping do the shows and that's like, you know, I get paid hourly to help do the sets and painting and stuff like that. And then I get paid a stipend to do like props and stuff like as a props designer. So, but all of that I lost within a matter of two days, you know, and, and then I was like, okay, well, I'm still working. And the, the Walnut was very nice with me where they paid me for last week and they're paying me for this week and then next week. And then that, then I'm like done basically at the Walnut. And the boss was really, like, he's super chill. He's a great guy. And he was like, well, when we find out, like, when we can get you back, you'll, you know, be back in. But, like, you know, we don't know when that is. 
Yes, and for context, uh, this Monday that he was talking about is Monday, March 23rd, 2020. Yeah, so within a matter of two weeks, I've had, you know, four or five jobs operating. Like, I I found out the opera might be canceled um, for their opera 2020, which is, like, September that season. And, like, it basically, they spend the whole summer with, you know, hundreds of people, like, stitchers, like, just in my office, or, like, where I work at the opera, like, the costume shop, like, they have, like, dozens of stitchers, of people going shopping, of people running the shows and stuff who are no longer doing that, and they rely on that kind of work, so. Yeah, um, it's definitely hit the arts in a way that we were not that the arts was never really structured to take. I think it's hit a lot of American, uh, like a lot of American businesses and a lot of American, uh, just these things that we took for granted in society are being reformatted and reshaped. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, I mean, like theater, like, you know, seeing it and like, you know, I follow the Kimmel Center's Instagram, which is a big performing arts space um, in Philly it does like a lot of the Broadway touring and they're doing like, you know, artists singing from home just to get them a little bit of exposure and money. But like, you know, if they're not like all the shows, everything like concerts and I mean, BB and key center in Camden, you know, they're still operating as if they're having all these performers come, but they don't know if they're going to be able to do that. So it's a lot of people who use that as summer work, like extra money aren't getting to do that. (laughs) So, you know, I, I hate to be negative about it because I think I've been generally staying positive and, you know, but uh, it's it's crazy. It's a lot that's going on and impactful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it's sad and it, it, it was a lot of goodbyes. And, and the thing of it is, is it happened so quickly. Like our theater, you know, we were still planning on being open. Uh, well, one, we, like, we were planning on we didn't close down the theater or close the shows until um sunday march 15th which was two sundays ago and then um you know we were still planning on having having the opening of our new show the best man that was supposed to be the 18th i was supposed to see a show on the 19th at the lantern theater company and within a matter of two days both of those were closed and shut down and you know and i was like with the walnut i was planning on coming back on this friday the 27th this upcoming friday the 27th but now you know now that i've been laid off i don't know whenever it'll be open again yeah i think that they definitely will reopen once this whole thing is passed and especially when this when we have some kind of way to flatten our curve or Uh stop travel or just whatever they're going to do when they have a control of this is when they're going to I feel like after a month of having control they're going to reopen everything and everybody's going to get back their gigs but you know in a lighter thing you know how have you coped with this I mean I know that it's so fresh but how have you coped with this mentally and emotionally yeah um I weird just because it it, like I feel like it hasn't sunk in kind of um you know I'm still very part of the Rutgers community and seeing them where they're like just starting back classes this week of because like they had spring break um and they're doing online classes so like I don't know I've just been trying to read I've been bike riding I, I, I so I normally live in Camden um New Jersey and just commute to Philly across 
the Ben Franklin Bridge, but I came home to my family in Medford, New Jersey, and it's like the, the suburbs area, so there's a lot of like trees and woods, and the, there's not a lot of like things to do around here, but also like because I'm staying in, there's not, you know, I've just been trying to like plan for the future, like I had a job interview last week for this thing in Arizona, um, I've been applying to different things, but right now not a lot of theaters are posting anything because they don't know when they're going to be able to open back up. Uh, some, you know, I, I, listen, I was listening to a podcast this morning that was saying people don't know if it's going to be till May or October or December, and that's like really hard to plan around with, you know, not only schools, but with theaters who need to like rent out their spaces or who do summer camps and where a bunch of kids are all together in one room, and you know. Yeah, it's definitely a concern, especially with large gatherings because of one, like, I don't know if a lot of people have seen this so far, but there's this illustration of all these matches on fire and then because they're all next to each other. And then one of the matches is farther away and doesn't catch fire and it does and it stops the rest of the row of matches from catching fire. And that whole I'll put that in the show notes as well. That whole illustration is how people are explaining flattening the curve. So so that's good that you have an animal in the house because a lot of people are actually saying that that's what's helping them with their stress levels is having a pet or having something or being with people at least if you're living at home and you're with family like you have you're interacting with people whereas if you're living by yourself I can imagine it's a whole other experience well that's what um so like like I said I have an apartment in Camden and like my roommate right now he just because Pennsylvania's in the whole lockdown kind of thing um and he's from Lancaster um so he like was not planning on going home and now he doesn't have that option because everything like all the travel and stuff like he takes trains and his family isn't going to drive to come get him and stuff they're busy working all that fun stuff um so he's like by himself right now with no pet we don't have you know i i would go crazy (laughs) if i you know didn't have my family here and it's you know i i hate to like because it's a very serious thing but like i've been luckily like it's feels more just like it's a pause and everything and I'm sitting you know I'm taking time to reflect at home and watching tv a lot and it's almost like a little bit of a spring break for me but you know yeah for those of you who don't know Hunter he's definitely one of the most hardest working people I've ever met in the arts you encounter I'm serious you encounter a lot of people when you're in the arts or when you go for an art major that are you know everybody goes through being you know lost or not knowing what they want to do for sure that happens to everybody but then there are those people that they are they do feel lost they do feel like they don't know what they want to do but they're trying and they go and hunter you've always had this amazing thing where you've just you know you volunteered you signed yourself up you went out there um for more context hunter also uh, from episode two with Reet, Hunter was also on that Ireland trip and was part of the digital studies department for a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, that's uh, part of my whole thing is, like, I love work and I love what I do. I love being in the arts and I love being in theater. And, and it's, like, that's, like, the hardest thing for me right now where I just feel, like, you know, my whole life, like, not to sound sad, but, like, not sad, but, like, my whole life is, you know my work and what I do 
getting to see people every day and getting to like hang out and like like after this I have a phone call with one of my friends who also works in theater and stuff like that and we're just going to chat about it but it's just like you know it's it's been really it feel like not like uh, and not to be dramatic or whatever because it's it's everyone's going through something but it's it's like almost a lost feeling where it's like I don't have anything to do today I I don't know you know I've had for the past four years of being in college and doing summer jobs and stuff like that I've always had what's next what's going on but like until this clears up I don't know what the what next is I I you know I there's only hope that something you know my girlfriend is an actress and she you know has a she got a role in a summer thing where she's doing a summer apprenticeship um shout out to Brittany (laughs) yeah shout out to Brittany um where she she just got this thing but she doesn't know like uh I'm working on another show with her director of that and the director is basically like I don't know if this is going to happen and that's not supposed to take place until June but like they're like you know the thing that keeps these companies afloat are their shows and you know donations and stuff but people aren't donating right now and people aren't coming to see the shows so they're like we don't know if this is going to happen or not and i just wanted to backtrack for a minute don't you don't have to apologize for feeling this way your feelings are completely 100 percent valid and you know we all have those moments especially as people who are dependent on the arts um that are feeling this way i was one of the people that i interviewed yesterday she was just like yeah i just cried (laughs) for a very long period of time because she lost her gigs but um definitely is a you know it's a valid thing it's a it's a natural human response and i think that the american society right now is adapting to slowing down which in capitalism just never there can't be any yeah Yeah. there can't be any slowdown of production and especially for people who are working artists who are working musicians who are working performers and for you you are a working theater person you know i mean this is like you know this is how i afford my life in my apartment and you know, like all of these side gigs were, you know, making it so when like I start paying student loans and I have insurance and stuff like that, it's just like, you know, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen with that, where I want to be you know, financially secure and, you know, just yeah. like work. I want to be working and like, I don't know when the next time that will be. Are you, are you doing any other types of creative exercises are you trying to express yourself in a different way other than theater like you said that you paint sets and that you go into design a little bit are there is there anything that you're kind of doing uh I mean like right now I haven't been doing much I I love like physical labor and stuff like that so I've been working in the yard a lot and like helping clean up like I you know landscaping is its own art form sometimes um I, I like sometimes I'll write and I've been, you know, reading and stuff like that. But it, it just with my kind of art, with the performing arts and stuff like that, it's very much a social activity. And until then, until, you know, I, I actually have been reading some plays and stuff like that, kind of keeping my mind off of it and, you know, trying to catch up because I there's a lot that I've been wanting to read and wanting to like you know, learn and, and stuff like that. So not really expressing my art, but getting more of like backtracking.
like, and inspired. Meaning to read and and learn and do and stuff. In so what's inspiring you? What? What's inspiring you from what you're reading? Well, you know, I've been right now. I'm reading the uh, Oedipus series. Uh, something that I should have done in school a long time ago, and I've been assigned it many times, but I never actually read, and I would just watch or read the spark notes and stuff. But I, I think, you know... Insert John Mulaney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't Yeah, I don't know. Like, right now, what's inspiring more is, like, the people around me and, like, the scene on social media is, like, how many people are actually social distancing and, and trying to get like it, it's very much it's a, it's an interesting time in our our world where everyone's doing this everyone's self-quarantining and, and stuff like that so i think staying at home is like what's going on outside of what's going on in these books and stuff like that it's, it's interesting it's, it's cool that's good and so you're trying to get more into you know the literature and the classic part of theater at least reading wise can you explain to our listeners what that is it the oedipus did you say i'm sorry if i mispronounced it no oedipus yeah what's it about Um, i've never i'm not a theater person like that so i've never read that Basically, it's an Athenian tragedy by Sophocles. I can pronounce it's like you know ancient Greek kind of stuff. Sophocles or Socrates? Uh huh. Sophocles. 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 No, but could you just okay, explain so it? It's, so. it's, it's, it's basically, it's it's a tragedy. Like it's three different plays about like Oedipus who basically accidentally kills his dad and marries his mom and then the children and it's um like they're all three tragedies based off of you know uh, like it's the Antigone Antigone uh, plays in it and. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a very it's a classical text, so I would not recommend reading it. But there's some good like you know uh, fun YouTube videos on it and stuff like it, it's hard to get through. Kind of, I mean, is, it's fun. I, I love you know like Greek kind of plays and stuff like that, and like the whole mythology behind it. Is there anything that you would recommend to people who cannot go see a play right now? Um, well, you know what a, a lot of people are doing that I think is really interesting is um, on like online, a lot of people right now are taking this opportunity to, you know, uh, better their videos and better like for performing artists and stuff. And I, what I've noticed is a lot of them are doing solo performances. So, you know, if you had a monologue that you've done or something like that, people are filming that and putting it a lot on like Facebook or like they're just getting audition material ready and like a lot of Broadway stars are doing it too. So, you know, if you can't go see a play, I recommend like supporting the artists by like watching their solo performance. I I watched something last night where, I mean, it was just an on in the background of like me playing a video game, but I was watching or listening to someone do uh, a monologue from some, some Shakespeare. I think it was Othello. Yeah. It was Othello. Um, they were doing like just basically reading Othello and and performing it for people to watch and you know I 
kind of stuff and watching that and showing support of people who really, you know, it, it's hard to be in the arts right now and doing that kind of activities is, or, or just like watching them and giving them a like and, you know, I, a lot of them are doing like Patreons and there's, there's other like GoFundMes too where it's like the emergency Philadelphia artists uh, fund and stuff like that where people can apply and they'll give people money with, you know, who are in the performing arts. I mean, I know people whose shows got canceled way before our shows where, you know, like, and they're doing performances of like their monologues from that show and filming it. So people don't get to see the whole show, but they get to see like parts of it and snippets and stuff. So, you know, I, I just, recommend you know there's a lot of cool stuff like as bad as this is right now and as much as it cancels everything for the performing arts there's still some good stuff coming out of it where it's like maybe you aren't going to get to see this show at you know this this performing arts uh, space but like now you're getting to see it online and you know i think that's important is showing your support in that kind of way so yes actors and performers are definitely working with limited resources How do you think, and you said video editing, I know that you have those skills. How do you think that you're going to use them? Are you going to express your own creativity with that, with that style? I mean, this podcast is like my project right now and I am working with limited resources because we did try zoom for this uh, episode, but it was terrible So right yeah. now, Hunter's on my phone, and <laughs> I have my little recording device, like, right next to it. Simple, uh, you know, we, we work with what we got here. Exactly. So... Um, yeah, I mean, like, I've been taking this as a time to, like, really update my resume and update, like, my website. I have a website, you know, rjhuntersmith.wordpress.com, if anyone wants to, you know, shameless plug. But, like, no, I've, I've been keeping, you know... I keep like records of shows that I've done before and I, I edit videos every once in a while when I do like, um, you know, like, I mean, how you probably talked about this the other day with Reed or episode two, whatever you said, um, where we did the video editing for Ireland and I kind of stuck with that where I do it a lot of like traveling videos and shout out Bobby. Yeah. Shout out Bobby. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, so, like, I, I do kind of edit with that kind of material. I'm limited with my editing. I only have iMovie on my phone, and that's generally it. Um, so, like, you know, because when I would edit videos, I would normally use the school's computers, but with all of those being shut down and everything like that, that's not going to happen for a while. Yeah, that's another thing that we need to consider is how are art students going to be able to continue their semester, especially if yeah. all of those high like those high-powered computers that could handle yeah. all of that stuff, they're all on campus. The animation labs, the, you know, I mean, Brittany, so, um, you know, for context, and, like, I don't know if you would want to talk to her about this later, but, like, with my girlfriend, um, Brittany, she basically had all the credit. She could have graduated in December with me, um, but they, this semester, like the spring semester, they were offering a stage combat class and basically at the end of the semester you get certified uh to like either uh choreograph fight combat or like you just get a certification a certification but um with Brittany uh she like basically signed up for a whole nother 
semester of school where she's paying for this um, basically like she was Hamlet and Hamlet and then she's doing one online class and then she's doing the fight combat and then a dance class like a jazz dance class um, but now you, you know like she can't do that and now like she spoke with the fight uh, choreographer who was teaching her and he was basically like yeah now you can't get certified or like you're gonna have to take on or like classes elsewhere like he'll count some of what they did in class as like hours for it but she still needs to go and pay more money and that was the whole reason she stayed at Rutgers is to get her fight certification and to be Hamlet in, in the Hamlet show and but it, like you know it's it now she was telling me today like she was doing she has a dance class today and you know she it, her computer is a five or six year old computer that doesn't like to connect to the internet and when they're doing like a live video or a live stream she can't connect and with all those computer labs being locked and shut down she can't even get into the computer lab to use a better computer yeah but i just feel that at the same time those places are pla- are plagued with contamination and bacteria oh, as they are <laughs> um yeah, no no i mean i'm don't don't get me wrong i'm glad they shut down it's just so you know, I, it's unfair. I yeah, it's so sudden and it's so it's I mean, it's upsetting, too, for her, because it's like that was the whole reason she's paying for another semester at Rutgers is so she can, you know, get certified in fight and have that on her resume. And now she's going to have to pay more money to go outside of school and do that. I mean, also for me, too, like one of the reasons I stayed in the area, like because I, I was offered like royal caribbean like to work with them as like one of their like a stagehand for their shows and entertainment which you know now i'm really glad i didn't accept doing that because i would have yeah royal caribbean's a cruise line to people who don't know (laughs) yeah yeah, sorry um so like i was offered a a job there but i i wanted to stay kind of just get myself organized and and when i was offered this job at walnut and stuff i was more of like okay this seems like a better fit for me right now just finishing school and like just i'm saving up money and uh, whatever but like yeah one of the reasons i stayed behind too was for graduation at records for like commencement and now that's being canceled because you know I, I still wanted to walk and i wanted to give my family the ability to come see me do that and yeah. You know, it, 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 and, you know, I'm not being like, oh, boo-hoo me, this is, because everyone's being affected. I mean, I my heart goes out to, like, seniors of college who, like, had to say goodbye to their friends of four years in a matter of two days. I heard out. specifically at Rutgers Camden, at least, that it was like, you're you're getting out. <laughs> there, yeah. I, It was not even like an email. It was just like a poster <laughs> on the wall. But I could be wrong again. It this was a- is... No, no, no. It was it was basically posted like posted on the wall, and that was it. Like there was no email sent out until later, but like it was basically like the campus was shutting down on. I think it was a, a Thursday, and everyone or no or no no. It might have been. It was a Tuesday, and then everyone had to be out by like five o'clock on Thursday. Exactly. Like and how did how did Rutgers? Because we're only talking about Rutgers because this is one of his professional jobs. Yeah and professional gigs how did Rutgers come to that decision for the play for you guys well it was like really it it was kind of weird at first because like I I think it was like three weeks ago I was on the phone with the production manager being like hey like 
what's going on because like you know I, I like I only found out records was closed because Britney's an RA so she like the minute it was announced she had to go and do her like housing stuff and um but like he, I called the production manager and I was like oh you know like what's going on like and he was like oh, look I have no clue they didn't tell any like it was basically the higher ups like didn't know anything because it so for those who don't know Rutgers is connected by like New Brunswick being like the, the head school and it was uh the president of Rutgers who made the announcement and basically sent out the email but didn't tell any of the deans didn't tell you know like what was going on so it was basically like the lead the head school was like okay we're shutting down and that means all the other schools have to shut down with it but like you know, they didn't have a game plan in action. And um, I, there was, like, basically, like, I got this email when I was at work at the Walnut being, like, um, from the stage manager, if anything goes, being, like, so nothing has been set in stone yet. We will talk about it today at rehearsal. Right now we're still doing, you know, the next two days of rehearsal, and then we'll figure out what's going on with the show. And, uh, like, I was, like, I texted the stage manager, who's one of my good friends, and I said, what does this mean? What's going on? And she was, like, I'll tell you later, because she thought I got the email, but I didn't get an email saying, like, Rutgers was closing or anything like that. And I found out from one of the professors at Rutgers who was in a show at the Walnut. I ran into him, and he was, like, whoa, it's crazy what's going on at Rutgers. And I was, like, yeah. This is Rutgers Camden for context as well. And, and basically right across the bridge from Philly. And I was like, what's going, what do you mean? What's going on at Rutgers? And he was like, yeah, everything's shutting down for the next couple weeks and you have to do online classes. And originally they were just doing like basically two weeks of online classes, but then they switched to the full rest of the year is online because they didn't know when it was coming back. And basically every event is closed until May um like the end of may i i don't know the exact date it might be june 1st or something like that is when everything's closed still but yeah Yeah. it was was just like very all of a sudden all of my work at Rutgers was just like that and i want to give some context to our listeners who don't know theater majors but the biggest thing hunter's about he's only about one semester postgraduate a lot of theater majors when they you know prove themselves through their academic years they often go back and one of the gigs that you get coming out of school is working for the institution that you went to so when we talk about uh Rutgers Camden in this podcast we're just explaining the fact that he was a student that worked hard he got this solid gig after his graduation after his semester ended and Mm -hmm how the school reacted to it because a lot of theater majors will work for academia yeah well and and too like um you know i I was doing it just as like a side thing of like you know i i finished i you know really was one of the i'm one of the only tech concentration students there's like three or four other ones and um but basically like you know i was doing it for like side gig and helping them and training the next group of students who are going to take these roles and stuff when we left but now they're not getting the training and and two like a lot of people you know where their resume comes from doing college shows and stuff you know like my my resume like 
you know, half of the stuff on there is from college or stuff that I got from college and like, you know, meeting the contacts and like our designers are all professional Philadelphia people. And that's how I got my work at the opera and, and my references for the, you know, at Walnut. But like now these students who were supposed to be in these shows are getting less on their resume, are getting less experience and less, you know, stuff that they can say when they get out of school being like like I know the lead of anything goes she just transferred I think last semester she was cast in the one of the fall shows and then she was cast as the lead in anything goes but now she is you know like she has one less thing on her resume and when you know people like that who I don't know like what her goal is if it's New York or to work in Philly or musical theater or something like that but like you, you need to have an impressive resume to go straight into working outside of school, especially like the level of a performer, but they're not going to have that on their resume or they're going to have one less thing that they can do, you know? Do you think that, uh, and that's a very, that's a very important question I think that I have now is, do you think that people like directors and casting people, do you think that they're going to understand that the dynamic shifted during this time so that if students that are graduating or if people that are performers and artists and musicians that are put on pause like do you think that they're going to accept like a video reel of them reading a monologue from their house yeah it's like so hard to because i i've seen casting before i've seen it done like uh we talked last summer i was working at woodstock playhouse in new york and i came to one of the like major audition pieces days like where it's called the uh, Straw Hat Auditions, and it's like 600 people auditioning and stuff like that, which, by the way, this year was canceled because of the coronavirus. So, like, that was their way of getting, uh, you know, people getting exposure to, like, a bunch of theaters in the area. And, uh, you know, it's hard to say because, like, I want to say people will be understanding, but also, like, you know, like, lack of resume and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it's... It's hard, too, because, like, community theater is so different from professional theater, where it's, like, you can have a bunch of community theater, um, you know, things on your resume, but that means nothing to a professional director where you're getting paid thousands of dollars to do the show, like, at the Walnut or something like that, where, you know, it's, I want to say they'll be understanding, because a lot of them have probably lost jobs, too, you know? Yeah, the casting apprentice at the Walnut lost her job, and she—I know she wants to be a director. And the assistant education director was directing a show um, at the Walnut there, and it, you know, it's—it's it, it's hard to say because you know we haven't gone onto the other side of this yet, of like what's going to happen. Um, but I, I want to say people all around in the arts should be understanding. Absolutely. So. What do you think is the future looking like for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, um, it's, again, for me, like, I was already in a weird spot where, because I'm working an apprenticeship, like, I had already applied to a bunch of apprenticeships, like, all over the country, really. Um, and I've gotten offers for basically everywhere that I've interviewed, I've gotten the offer from them. But I, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, maybe I don't want to do another apprenticeship. So I've been applying to jobs and stuff. And before this happened, I applied to, like, uh, I don't know, like, probably a dozen places. And, it like, right around now is when I would have been hearing back from those kind of places. And, like, when the due dates were up for, like, okay, this is, you know, apply until March 6th or whatever it was. And, you know.
now I'm not hearing back from any of those places. So I, for me, like, it, it's a weird spot where, I, you know, I'm looking for either an apprenticeship or a job, but I'm like, you know, all the apprenticeships are, which that's a whole nother thing. If you ever want to talk about it, it's like, <laughs> these people expect you to live off of $150 a week. And I'm like, no, I could get more doing like a part-time job somewhere else, you know, not in theater and do theater on the side or something like that. Um, so, but like, yeah. Um, so for me, it's applying the job still and it's, it's acting as if nothing I've been interviewing for places and stuff like that. Um, and it's just hoping for the best. It's, you know, it's, a little like I said it's it's that's why I said it's a little lost uh, feeling I was supposed to work at the walnut until August which is when I would have hopefully started the next job but I you know it, and I don't know if I will ever get to go back to the walnut and work for them and, and I'm uh, sure that you will I think that they've seen you know how how much of a hard worker that you are and I think that they'll definitely hire you back once this whole thing is settled um, yeah I have high hopes for your future. <laughs> what? I have high hopes for your future. Uh, yeah, I, I do too. And it's, it's like, you know, I, I'm a lot better off than some other people where it's like I've gotten the experience of already doing an apprenticeship and, and I've worked professionally in Philly of doing, you know, shows like for big companies such as Opera Philadelphia or, you know, Performing Artists Collective. Um, so, like, you know, I'm not super worried it's more just like this was the time to especially for a lot like myself and like seniors in college who were applying to jobs and now those places aren't looking to hire anymore because they don't have shows going on and a lot of you know people say a lot of their budget comes from uh, them doing other shows but it also comes from you know donations from people who saw the theater but and if they're not seeing theater they're not going to donate yeah and ticket. So it's it's a hard web of you don't know what's going to happen or what, you know it's how people react to it. I hope more people because it's it's like a lot of places are requesting that they just donate the tickets because they're not you know talking about like refunds right now and stuff like that. It's like theaters are being very understanding and being like, look, if you need the money, you can have it back. But they're asking people to donate because. And which I think is really important right now because I, I read the article last week where it was saying Philadelphia theater alone within a matter of two weeks lost $1.2 million. What article is that? that? Just a, um, it's from the Philadelphia Inquirer. I can send you a link. Um, yeah, that would be know, great for context. Yeah, and that, I mean, that was last week. So just think about like, I mean, you know, uh, my theater alone probably was has lost, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in a matter of two weeks of this they i mean they canceled their their shows for basically the rest of the season we were supposed to have one other show after the best man opened but that was being co-produced by a theater in florida which basically means they're gonna they have the show and then the show comes to us for like yeah. two months um so yeah, but, like, because they canceled their season for the rest of the year because they couldn't afford to pay anyone, which, funny enough, I was actually supposed to work at that theater. I was offered an apprenticeship, but I turned it down because it was one of the lower-paying ones. Um, but, like, they canceled the rest of their season, so we're, like, we're not going to produce this show because it, it wasn't supposed to open until, I think, June. Um, so, you know, it, but now that's being canceled. So the Walnut 
doesn't have any of the rest of its season going on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, which is like a, you know, it's a source of their income. Yeah, no, definitely. I would just like, what, what is something that you want to tell listeners? Like what someone, who's someone that inspires you? Who's someone that like has been a good mentor? Like how can we end this off on like a very positive note? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no. Yeah. And I, you know, I've been probably pretty negative with this whole thing. No, it's fine. A lot of, I, I, you know, I think the thing of it is for me right now is staying positive. Don't let society like, you know, not to be dramatic, but like, don't let it die. Um, Supporting local businesses and stuff. Um, but like, I mean, and to answer your question, um, someone who's been really like inspirational to me during this time is like our production manager at the school, Josh. Um, he was a, a Rutgers alumni and he started working here recently once he had, he has a kid and he has a whole family and stuff like that. And he's been very like trying to be helpful with this whole thing. He's been very like, you know, like just like kind of like a hope, of, you know. So, I, like I said, I just think it's it's a crazy time. It is, but I think staying positive and just keeping, you know, keeping hopeful thoughts and just stay stay indoors, <laughs> stay inside. You know, socially distanced. Well, thank you so much, Hunter, for everything. Yeah. I know that you are a plethora, <laughs> you are a oh. fountain of knowledge for oh. everyone going in for sure. So thank you guys so much for listening to Gigless. I will put all of Hunter's information of where you can follow him, where you can find him and his website and his portfolio in the show notes. And yeah, yeah thank you so much, Hunter, for this opportunity to interview yeah, you. Yeah, no, thanks, Remy. This was so nice. And it's, it's nice to just kind of like get it out and therapeutic to, you know. I think this is very com- a, a very therapeutic podcast for a lot of people that are on it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, well, I hope to shine some kind of light for Philly Theater at least. Oh, I'm so happy that you did. (laughs) Good. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will be putting Hunter up soon. Thank you for listening to the Gigless Podcast, hosted by Remy Lipovic and produced by Dane Wagner. The song used in our intro and outro is Beach Walk by Unicorn Heads. If you enjoyed this podcast, head over to our social media pages on Instagram at Gigless Podcast and to our website, gigglesspodcastblog.wordpress.com. There, you can find out more about the artist, contact the hosts and producers, and find out more about our schedule. Thank you.